At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I want to talk about things that I've learned as a photographer and lessons that have really helped me improve and take better photographs. And I hope that these experiences that I share with you help you in some way. So let's go back to the beginning. I started taking photos 14 years ago. As a 12 year old, I was very interested in drawing and I would often look for inspiration online and I randomly stumbled upon a website called DeviantArt which maybe some of you are familiar with. It's an art website with different illustrations and different kinds of art. And there, while I was looking at drawings, I found a few self-portraits that a few photographers who were really popular at the time had posted there. And I was really inspired by the images. I was even more inspired by the fact that they were taken by one person. So the model was the photographer. At the time, I had no idea that that was possible, that you could actually take photos of yourself that looked so artistic and that looked as if somebody else had taken them for you. And immediately I was intrigued and I wanted to take my own photographs. And I remember grabbing my smartphone at the time. It had a three megapixel camera in it and taking some photos of myself and kind of being a little bit frustrated by the fact that they didn't look the same as those photographers' images, but mostly being really excited by this new passion that I had discovered. So I started taking a lot of photographs and then eventually got a proper camera, but that took a while. But since then, I have gone through many phases as a photographer, from frustration to a lot of inspiration to confusion, and I know a lot of people experience the same things. And so I hope that by sharing these experiences, I can make you feel less alone, or I can show you an alternative that could potentially help you. So here are the most important lessons I've learned so far. Let's start with number one. When you get frustrated, take a break 
don't give up. When I got into photography initially, as I just said, I would sometimes get a little bit frustrated because I would compare my work to other people's. Comparison is already not a good thing, but it's something we all do with humans. And so when that happens, you might not want to take photos anymore. You might want to put your camera down. When you get that urge, just lean into it, but don't let yourself think that you're not a good photographer or that you will never improve. I know this is easier said than done, but it's really important to just take a break, even if it's for a day or two, and to cool off and to not even think about taking photos, to divert your attention, to think about something else, and to enjoy something else, most importantly. And then eventually the feeling will come back to you. If photography is something that you really, really enjoy, then you'll feel better, you'll calm down, and you'll think, oh, okay, I want to take photos again. And that's something I experienced many, many times, something I still experience, and I'll talk more about that later. But for me, the most important lesson in that area of things was to just take a break. <laughs> I remember I had this photographer that I really, really liked, and she was kind of my mentor at the time. And I would constantly compare myself to her and wonder why my photos didn't look like hers. And I remember giving up one day because I really tried during a specific photo shoot and the photos didn't turn out that great. And I put my camera down and I swore I wouldn't take photos again. <laughs> kind of had a temper back then. And then, I mean, two days passed and the feeling went away. And I thought, well, you know what? I'll try again. I was a bit frustrated still, but I wanted to try again and get better results. And so I kept doing that and doing that and I realized, okay, this is a natural part of the process. I will get frustrated, but if I get ultramatic about it, it's not going to help anybody, including myself. So as soon as you get frustrated or even tired, just acknowledge that, put your camera down, focus on something else. And I'm sure that before you know it, you'll be taking photos again. The second most important lesson that I've learned so far is that meeting people of different kinds in different photography genres will benefit you greatly in many ways. So when I got into photography, I was really, really eager to meet different people. And the reason was that I just wanted to connect with different kinds of photographers who were really talented. And I was just so in awe of their work and their talent that I wanted to get to know them better. And so I naturally started reaching out to people online, just sending friend requests and sending messages, following them. Some people were really nice and very open. And some people were kind enough to give me advice and mentor me without me even needing to ask. And that has benefited me the most, I would say, as a photographer and as a person, because the more people you reach out to, the, like, the likelier it is that you are going to find somebody who might become a lifelong friend or a mentor or someone who could potentially help you improve your skills in ways that you wouldn't be able to on your own. And at the very least, you are building a network, and these connections that you have now could somehow help you in the future. Maybe you want to collaborate with someone in the future. Maybe you just want some advice, and these people that know you can really help you. And this isn't about using anyone, of course. It's more about just building a network and getting to know different people. And I think genuine interest is the most important thing. You have to follow people that you really, really like, people you really want to get to know personally, and once they sense that interest, then I think they might reciprocate. And if they don't, that's completely fine, of course. But I can guarantee that there are at least a few people who would be very happy and delighted to hear from you, to connect with you, and to get to know you better. And again, that goes back to the whole 
concept of community that we really support at photographycourse.net. Building a community, building a group of people who know you really well, whom you know really well, whom you can support and get supported by in return. So in terms of meeting new people, obviously online, you can meet people in different ways. Obviously you have to be careful as well because there are some creepy people out there. <laughs> but I think in the photography world, if you have mutual friends, if you have mutual connections, then it's easier to figure out if someone is actually authentic or not. And if somebody follows you online, if someone sends you a message, definitely take the time to get to know them as well. And don't be afraid of reaching out to people. That's my third important lesson that I've learned on a similar note is that if you have a question about a certain photo, how was this taken? What equipment did you use? What editing software did you use? Don't be afraid to ask. Sometimes people are scared of asking questions because they don't want to seem annoying and that's completely valid. But if you ask different people different questions a little bit at a time, no one's going to get annoyed with you. Especially if you are in a photography group or in a photography community like ours, then you will have plenty of opportunities to meet different kinds of people. And so you'll have just as many opportunities to ask questions and to receive constructive criticism and to improve your work. Also, don't be afraid of reaching out to people by email, which is kind of old fashioned. And you would think that you would only do that for business reasons, but I still do that to this day because an email is sometimes a bit more personal than a DM on Instagram, for example. And you can just send a longer message and say, I really like your work. I really appreciate how you take photographs, something like that, just a note. And then at the end, ask a question. Again, if it's all genuine, then the person will sense that. And you will be able to hopefully get some helpful feedback from them. In any case, you'll have somebody who knows your work. And that's always beneficial. And in terms of photography groups, share your work. Even if you're an absolute beginner, don't be afraid that people will laugh at your work. That's definitely not something people tend to do. And if they do that, then they're not good people. But in general, in my experience, no one has ever said anything bad to me directly, unless it was some kind of random stranger on the internet who's you know, experiencing their own problems in life. But in general, people in the photography community, especially in smaller groups, they're nice and they want to help you, especially if they are at a similar stage as you in terms of photography, especially if they are specializing in the same thing as you, they will want to help you. And so even if you do come across someone who is a little bit standoffish or negative, don't let that discourage you. Just keep reaching out to people. Even if someone is popular, I've reached out to so many well-known photographers, even when I was a beginner and I've received replies. I received so many replies from people who I didn't think would even see my message. They were just happy that somebody acknowledged their work and they were happy to help in some way. Lesson number four, trust your intuition first and don't be paranoid. I think this is something a lot of photographers who are more experienced go through. The more you learn about photography, the more paranoid you might get because you think that maybe you might be doing something wrong during your shoot, you're not following the right guidelines, and that can put you in a box because you won't be enjoying the process of photography. It's important to follow the rules in certain situations. It's important to follow the guidelines when necessary. But if you're just taking photos for yourself, 
and you want to break the rules or if you want to do something that no one typically does in your specific genre, go ahead and do it. And if someone has something negative to say about that, then it wasn't their photo anyway. <laughs> that makes sense. It's subjective and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as many people say. So don't feel that you're doing something wrong. In my experience, trusting my intuition has helped me the most because that's how I was able to develop my own style. Sometimes I would do something my own way and I would break a rule and I would discover a new technique that I personally liked. Or I would work in portrait photography, for example, with more shadows and I would cover my face more and I would like that. And then that would help me develop my style. So the way that I take photos is not the way you would take photos and vice versa. And so I don't think as photographers, we should always follow the rules, always say that this or this needs to be done a certain way, unless you are participating in a contest, unless you are in school, unless there's a specific environment in which you must follow the rules. In other cases, I don't think you should be so strict or so paranoid. And also with intuition, once you develop it more, once you strengthen it, then you'll find it easier to take good photographs. Nobody takes good photos all the time, obviously, but I think it's the same as drawing. When you draw, when you first start drawing, you don't always get the proportions right. Let's say you're drawing a person. The proportions are messy and crooked and you need to develop your artistic eye and you need to practice and practice to get it right. I think it's the same with photography, with your intuition. The more you take photos and the more you trust your intuition, the easier it will be to find a good composition or a good pose, good lighting. So it will come naturally to you, but only if you lean into your intuition, if you trust that you are able to find an approach that works for you. So that's something that's really helped me. And for me, it was kind of in reverse. Because when I first started taking photos, I really trusted my intuition because I didn't know the rules. And then when I started to take photographs more often and I found out more about different settings and techniques, that's when I started to get more paranoid. So I think as you gain more experience, don't think that you need to master photography technically, unless that's something you really like. But even if it is something that you really enjoy, don't forget about your intuition. Uh, on the same note, if you constantly on, only follow your intuition, then you might miss out on a lot of really helpful photography approaches that could help you improve. So it's a balance. Intuition, technical settings, both can work really well together. Some things work better than others in certain situations, and it's up to you and your discretion. So just experiment with things and let yourself go with the flow. And I think that you'll find something that really works for you and helps you thrive as a photographer. Lesson number five, if you are building your portfolio online and you want to get exposure, try different platforms and don't necessarily go for the ones that everybody else is using. It's very easy to think that you have to only take a specific path because everybody else is taking it or that a lot of people are taking it at least. For me, when I first started Instagram was kind of becoming popular, but it was very smartphone photography oriented, very personal. So it wasn't about sharing your photos necessarily. And then back then Flickr was really popular. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Flickr. 
and Facebook as well. So I started posting photos there and then things changed. Instagram became more popular, kind of moved from Flickr to 500px, which is another photography website. And I wasn't able to find an audience on every single platform because every website, every app has its own algorithm and it has its own structure. Instagram looks a certain way, Flickr looks, looks a different way. And so that means that you won't necessarily be able to find success everywhere or on the website where you think that you'll find success. Instagram, for example, hasn't worked for me at all. And that's because I am not Instagram savvy, but also because the format wasn't inspiring to me back then. 500px, on the other hand, uh, when I joined, I pretty much found the kind of audience that I was looking for. And that didn't happen automatically. So I joined and then I stopped sharing photographs. But then somebody that I knew, which goes back to your network, featured one of my photos on in a section where they feature photos weekly. And that photo got a lot of attention. Because I got a lot of attention from that photo, I started to gain more followers. By the way, the person who featured me was a podcast guest. It was one of our first podcast guests. His name is Mike Monahan. So if you want to check out his episode and check out his work, definitely do that. I'm very grateful to him. So what happened was the team at 500px noticed my work and because of this feature, and they reached out to me at some point, asked me to become an ambassador for them. This all took some time. Before that happened, I consistently gained followers for a few years. So I reached a, a number that I never thought I would reach only on that platform. It was because they were so supportive and also because of this one feature. And so I really encourage you to experiment with different platforms. If Instagram works for you, that's fantastic. If Flickr is an option that you're interested in exploring, definitely try that. It might not work out immediately, but it's important for you as a photographer, as an artist, to feel comfortable online. If you're building a business, that's a completely different story. I unfortunately don't have a lot of photography business experience, so I can't share advice on that. But when it comes to just treating it like a hobby and potentially getting some job opportunities from it sometimes, then I encourage you to go with the flow again and to try different things. If you find something that works for you, continue to look for different websites and apps because it's an ongoing process and you might find an even better option for yourself out there. And there's always an audience everywhere and you just have to find the right group for you. It all depends on the algorithm, of course, and on the kind of content you create. But don't be discouraged just because you can't find your group of people, if that makes sense. They're, they are out there, you just need to find them. Post in photography communities, post in general art communities, depending on how much time you have. But just be someone who is always willing to experiment. And I think that will help you a lot in your photography journey. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob, 
I specialise in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Lesson number six is related to camera gear, and this was a difficult lesson for me to learn because I get into the hype a lot. If someone talks about a certain kind of equipment or a lens, I get really excited. If I watch a video in which they share their experience with that lens and share their photos, I get extremely excited and I want that lens or that camera. When I read reviews, that's also a whole issue. But reviews and video reviews and just images that people share that they took using a specific camera, let's say, again, they're all very subjective. That is that person's style, that person's editing, that person's personal preferences when it comes to shooting. You might not have the same experience when you use that equipment, and you might feel very disappointed if you spent money on it, even if you read a lot of reviews even if you watched a lot of videos. So your experience might absolutely be different to that photographer's experience. So my absolute number one piece of advice when it comes to buying camera gear is to borrow it first or to rent it. If you are able to rent or borrow equipment, then you'll be able to spend some time with it without spending a lot of money on it. And you'll be able to figure out whether you like it or not. I know some people will say that you need some time to get used to equipment, and that's a very valid point. But for me, as soon as I get something, as soon as I try a certain piece of equipment, I already know how I feel about it based on the quality of the images and on the general feeling of that camera or that lens. And so if you already have some experience, if you already have had different cameras, then you'll find it easier to figure out what is right for you and what isn't. So if possible, rent or borrow equipment before you buy it, even if it's really hyped up, even if a lot of people are saying it's amazing, might not necessarily be the case for you. I recently bought a Canon 135mm lens, and that was very hyped up for me because I was following a lot of photographers who were using the same lens and they all told me that I should buy it and that it's an incredible piece of equipment and that it would improve my images significantly. So I bought it. And guess what? I can't say that I was immediately enamored with the results. And the reason is that those photographers edit their images a specific way and so sometimes that blur in the background or that effect, it's enhanced because of the editing. It's not that they lied to me, it's not that they were trying to trick me, of course, but it's just that was their personal experience combined with editing, and that was not the effect that I was getting in my work, because I don't edit that way, or because I don't shoot in those locations, or I don't use those models. So I was initially very discouraged, but then the more experimented, the more I liked it, but again, I can't, I still cannot get that effect. And I got the wrong idea about that lens. So it's really important to not do things just because everyone else is doing them, to do things just because your favorite photographer is doing them. It's very good to listen to advice, to 
read reviews and watch videos and compare photographs, but at the end of the day, if you really want to be sure, definitely rent or borrow equipment. Lesson number seven, breaks are okay, even if they last for a while. So I was really into photography for nine years or even 10 years, and I shot consistently. I was really into the whole process. I never got tired. I always came up with new ideas. It was always an exciting process for me. I didn't shoot daily, but I shot regularly. And I never thought about taking photos. It was just something that came to me naturally. I didn't think, oh, I should pick up my camera today. I just thought I want to. This is a normal part of my life. I want it in my life consistently. And then a few things happened in my personal life and things shifted and I lost that inspiration. And that will happen in many people's lives, of course. Things change. Maybe you move to another country or you move house or you get married. Whatever happens, you might change the way that you look at your beloved hobbies and you might need a break from them for whatever reason. And so for me, that break lasted for a few years because every time I tried to pick up my camera, it felt like a chore. And I tried different genres, I tried to meet different people, I even tried different equipment. Nothing worked, nothing lasted. The feeling never lasted, that inspiration that, I f that so naturally came to me before. I was very discouraged by that. I thought that maybe I had potentially lost absolute interest in photography, that I would never get back into it again. It's very difficult to feel that way when something has been in your life for a long time. And when that thing was certain for many years and suddenly it isn't anymore, that's a big change to go through. And I doubted my own abilities. I thought maybe that I was lacking in some way if I couldn't feel inspiration anymore. In reality, it was just the situation. The situation needed to change. And when it did, after a few years and I got more comfortable in my personal life, that's when I started to get into photography again. There were many other factors that were involved in that, but the most important thing that I learned was that if you don't feel like you want to take photos and you've tried different methods and you did your best and you still don't feel anything, you should take a break and it's okay if it lasts a few years. If you say that to yourself right away, of course it's scary because you might think, oh, well, I, if I don't take photos for two or three years, I'll forget how to take photos. You can still try here and there from time to time, but if it starts to feel like a chore, it might be good to focus on something else. And so for me, I started focusing on meeting new people outside of photography. I focused on different hobbies, and that helped me immensely because I was still thinking about photography. I was still doubting myself, but I was enjoying other things. I knew that if I could find enjoyment in other things, then I would maybe eventually get back into photography. This is quite a touchy subject. I know a lot of photographers have different opinions on this, but this is just my personal experience. And if you can relate to this, then I encourage you to just, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, put your camera down and focus on something else. Find happiness in other things. I think the most important thing is your mental health, how you feel. So if you feel good, eventually you will get back into photography if it's really your passion. And if it's something that you want to do less, I think that's also okay. You don't need to take photos consistently. If you don't want to, if it's just your hobby, then nobody is really relying on you. If it doesn't give you happiness anymore, doesn't mean it's never going to give you happiness again. I worried about this a lot. And then I got back into it again recently, and I've been really enjoying it. 
I actually missed it and I'm refreshed and I like taking photos. So don't be afraid if you are going through a rut right now. The last important lesson that I have learned so far is the alternative or the solution to comparing yourself to people. And this is a mindset that has helped me so much and has helped me make peace with my work and with other people's work. We all compare our work to others. We compare ourselves to other people, especially if we come across people who are, who have qualities that we wish we had or who have a certain level of images that we wish we could achieve. And if you're not in a good place right now, mentally, let's say, you might be tempted to think that you will never get to a better place. You'll never be able to improve. It's very easy to get discouraged if you're already going through something, even if you're not, even if you're in a good place, it's still very easy, I think, to compare yourself and to feel a bit down because somebody else is getting more attention online or offline, somebody else got the award that you wanted, somebody else has a better camera, so on and so forth. There's so many things to compare in our lives. But for me, what has helped me the most is a simple phrase that I say. Let's say I meet a photographer and I think their work is absolutely incredible and I don't feel like I can even compare and that makes me feel bad about myself. I take some time to appreciate their work and in my head I say, I wish you even more success. I hope that you become more successful. I hope that your work gets even better. And when I say this, I actually mean it. And I'm always surprised by that. I'm like, oh, I, you know, there's this envy but there's also this genuine desire for the person to succeed. When you say it that, that way, it kind of creates that distance between you and the person. Because everybody has their own version of success. They're succeeding in their own way. They are in their own journey. And your journey is yours. And you are separate. You're not on the same path. And so if one of you succeeds more than the other, it's not the end of the world. And... Whenever I wish happiness to someone, whenever I wish success, I feel better about myself because I realize that I'm not absolutely envious of this person. And I also acknowledge objectively the beauty of their work. I acknowledge the amount of effort they put into their images. I acknowledge the amount of thought that they put into every single photograph. And it makes me forget about the comparison. Again, easier said than done, but honestly, this has helped me the most. This has helped me more than anything else. And I am able to make peace with that person's images, and I become a genuine fan. And when I look at my own work, I am also able to appreciate it more. I think it's also important, just as a bonus thing that I've learned, to look back on your work sometimes, look back at your photographs and appreciate them because that will help you encourage yourself moving forward. It will help you realize that you've made a lot of progress. And this is something that I've mentioned a lot of times already, but I think it's really important because when you see the images you, when you look at the photos you took when you were a beginner and you look at the photos you took now, even if it's a month, that since even if it's been a month since you've taken photos, since you started taking photos, even if it's been many years, you will notice a difference. So there is there will always be a significant difference. And so when you can when you see that progress, you will have hope in more progress in the future. You'll know that, oh, if I've progressed already, I can progress even more. And so that will make it easier as well, I think, when it comes to comparison. Because you'll you'll think, okay, this person 
has put in this much effort and I can put in just as much effort and I'll be able to improve. So those are the things that I've learned, my eight or nine things that have really helped me as a photographer. And I hope that they're able to encourage you in some way as well. Thank you for listening. Make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. We're happy to help you and provide you with advice and feedback as often as we can. Once again, thank you for listening and I'll see you next week. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.